Hi guys and welcome back to another special episode of the Starry Vision podcast. Today we have an exciting special guest as our interview partner. We are joined today by Michael Kress, who many of you may already know since he's one of the most important educators within the Elrond network, along his brother Wesley. Together with the CEO of Histari Vision, Wolfgang Rückerl, we had a chat about the most important events and upcoming projects of the Elrond network. So, without further ado, I'll let the two of them tell you what's on their minds, and if you don't want to miss out on part two coming next week, I suggest you subscribe to our podcast. Enjoy. Okay, guys, so first we'll be talking about the Maya Exchange. In terms of what the Elrond team has promised to build regarding the Maya Exchange, how happy are you with its performance so far? Yeah, so as a software engineer with 10 years of experience and being involved in the financial markets for the last 18 plus years, I feel like I have a unique perspective. I, I understand that Elrond initially had a goal of having the decks available sooner in 2021. And then the team's decision to take more time to innovate and think through the unique features was not only a huge pivotal moment for Elrond, but I think in hindsight, it will become the standard for bootstrapping a decentralized exchange. Elrond made the wise decision with the long term in mind, but the extra engineering time to build LockMax or LKMax as an NFT instead of simply doing what other DEXs have done, I think is, is deeply underappreciated. The team's ability to make the right decision today, even if it stands to be unpopular with short-term users, there is no shortage of that mindset in crypto. Even if you observe crypto Twitter, the, the wise mindset would be to consider the long-term and what it transforms the industry from a minimal viable product, in my perspective, to a transformational product uh, used by the millions and billions as part of what the Meyer Exchange is um, setting out to do. And one of those features with LockedMax is when you look at many decentralized exchanges, the challenge is balancing short-term, medium-term, and long-term objectives while understanding the human psychology of the crypto participants. And so Elrond's team is deeply considering this and shown the capacity to quickly adapt in a mindful way when understanding more information. Many other DEXs on the chains started to suffer from short-term incentive structures. Uh, the short-term participants would come in and take all the rewards and sell them off daily and then leave and the price would be decimated. Uh, this incentive structure doesn't work when you are building a sustainable and thriving DEX for the next billion users. The team quickly adjusted to 90% of the rewards going to long-term holders and 10% to short-term. And these essential pieces provide the team provide time for the team to continue to add more utility and finish the execution of the Ethereum Elrond bridge. So I would give them an A plus. Uh, the team is deeply thinking about not only the technical software implementation but the viability as a financial utility. I had tweeted about this innovation of LockMax not only greatly enhancing uh, the proper incentive structure to the users, but protecting users from their own short-term impulses, which negatively impacts their future self. Uh, nobody would look at their five-year-old child and say, you reach your potential. Elrond is setting an entire new standard, which is hard for some to see because human nature is to compare everything to what has come before. Well, just, just to add on that, I mean, um, if, if you're part of the Elrond community since a while, uh, we always refer to day one 
and um, seeing the performance of Elrond in the last years, it's just groundbreaking. I've been in the crypto space for over five years and I've seen many projects come and go. But what this team accomplishes day after day is incredible. In addition, we have had a very good personal relationship with Elrond for several years and have the highest level of trust, which naturally encourages us to rely on this technology. But um, the performance that, that we see within the Elrond team and the, the growth, maybe some remember even from 2021, the hyper growth, the 100-day marathon we had, we had Mission 10, and so many things in the pipeline. And then you see the market out there, everything super undervalued at the moment. But uh, as we said, it's day one. We are building, we are delivering, the community is building, lots of partners are doing so. So many things to come. Uh, speaking of things to come, Wolfgang, where do you see the utility of the MAX token in the coming months and maybe even years? That's a good question. Um, Max is just at the beginning. So <laughs> um, my exchange has an incredible performance. May sound strange, but uh, as, as I said, at Elrond, the typical day one, we are with Elrond now since a couple of years and my exchange just started last year with uh, the Max token and the LK Max uh, talking about utility. There are many, many things to come. We are now starting with the meta bonding snapshots. Uh, several projects are in the pipeline, and this will bring a lot of transactions to the blockchain, many more partners. That's, I guess, one of the big questions everybody in the community has. There is a huge ecosystem around Elrond, and everybody is asking, when are these guys moving from other chains? to use the Elrond blockchain and when do they have their ESDT? Are they all joining the meta bonding program now? We will see. I can just say many of them are getting prepared and Max, the Maya exchange and the meta bonding program is right at the beginning. Yeah, so to add to that, <clears throat> The way I look at it is Elrond's vision is building a high bandwidth digital financial system open to anyone, anywhere. And as Benny would say, jailbreaking the simulation. Eagle or EGLD is the asset that powers all the activity on the Elrond blockchain and MEX is the token that powers the financial services. And traditional banking is dominated by only a few players in most parts of the world creating limited competition, high fees, sky high interest rates, opaque lending practices and corruption benefiting few families and groups. There's a new term called Neobank, which is a digital bank offering a super app of financial services where all the, your financial needs are met in one mobile friendly app. These can be personal accounts, credit cards, investments, mobile payments, business accounts, personal loans, and insurance, et cetera. The largest neobank in the space is Nubank, which is a Brazilian neobank and the largest fintech bank in Latin America. They launched in Brazil and expanded to Colombia and Mexico. In 2016, they had 1.3 million users. And towards the end of last year in 2021, they had 48 million users, which is 
insane growth. The new bank also had its initial public offering, which is an IPO on the New York Stock Exchange in December of 2021 at a valuation of $41.5 billion. Another interesting piece of that is Warren Buffett bought in at $25 billion valuation and ARK Invest, which is famous for investing in disruptive innovation technology, also is synonymous with Kathy Woods, bought in at a $45 billion valuation. So why does this matter? Well, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger have had large investments in the banking industry. Do you think they feel their monopoly business is feeling threatened? To say they feel threatened with the innovation of crypto is an understatement. Charlie Munger is on record saying, I wish they had never been invented when he was referring to cryptocurrency. Warren Buffett says Bitcoin is probably rat poison squared. From my perspective, it reminds me of the quote, don't listen to what the people say, watch what they do. Warren and Kathy Woods invested in New Bank because they realized neobanks are the future of banking. And Elrond is so uniquely positioned to be the most user-friendly and advanced neobank. There's no neobank that is running on the blockchain, yet alone a highly secure, highly scalable blockchain. Elrond will be able to offer what no other neobank will be able to offer, truly revolutionizing money and financial services for all, while also allowing everyone or anyone to participate in this value creation. There's a TED Talk on YouTube by Bill Gross, and he talks about the factors that most impact the success of a startup company. And he analyzed hundreds of different companies, and the results are really fascinating. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. And the five essential elements that lead to success are ideas, team, business model, and then funding and timing. So what was the most important factor that led to success? Well, the number one thing was timing. It accounted for 42% of the difference between success or failure. And number two was team and execution. Number three, or team and execution, and that had a 32%. Uh, impact. The other was the uh, business model, which had a 24%, and then funding was 14%. So if you look at Elrond, it has the best team in crypto and the best community. And the timing on becoming a neobank on the blockchain couldn't be any better. They will blaze an entire new path and truly change money and financial services in a transparent, open, innovative way that we haven't seen yet. When you piece together all these things Elrond is doing, it's hard not to get really excited, especially when you realize what this is all leading to. I think last year's biggest upset within the Elrond network and, and the, the true peak of its performance last year was uh, Holoride coming to the My Exchange. Um, there's been an ongoing discussion about how artists and creators can be compensated fairly and more easily and most importantly, maybe more reliably for their work. According to Holoride, this is one of the many reasons why the Elrond blockchain is the best choice to go for as a company, which relies heavily on NFTs. What's your take on this aspect of the Elrond blockchain? Yeah. So for me to understand the benefits of NFTs on the Elrond blockchain versus other alternatives and other blockchains, for example, Ethereum, it helps to understand the benefits of the architecture. Elrond tokens, which include NFTs, are built on the, into the protocol and not smart contracts. This greatly enhances the user experience for not only users, but for developers, artists, creators, 
Anyone can create beautiful user interfaces with all the user NFTs. While this sounds simple in nature, this is not possible when NFTs are stored in smart contracts. There's no way to easily identify all the NFT assets owned by a user wallet. This architecture is also much more efficient for minting, transferring, and doing any related operation with the NFT. This means far less gas costs and very fast transfer experience. Scams are also been a huge pain point for adoption of NFTs. When NFTs have smart contracts instead of the user, there have been multiple instances where hackers have created backdoors to users stealing their NFTs and draining their wallets. Elrond uses true ownership of NFTs at the account level. Artists and creators want to have a seamless and secure experience for their users so they can focus on what truly matters, which is creating. Secondary royalties with NFTs are such a critical piece for artists. This allows them to create work and to be compensated for it, while users who purchase their work are also compensated. It's a win-win. If you analyze the Beanie Babies frenzy, there are a few interesting pieces. For one, they were the world's first internet sensation. Supporters bought these Beanie Babies for $5 and they would resell for thousands of dollars on the secondary market. Ty Warner was the creator of these collectibles. It was estimated at one time, one in three Americans had a Beanie Baby in their house. And in December, 1999, Ty Warner Large said, all his Beanies would be retired, but why? Ty Warner was constantly filing lawsuits against his fans and largest supporters. He was upset that all this money was being generated from his creations, but he was no longer tied to those sales in the secondary market. He literally killed his own collectible collection because it wasn't a win-win any longer. And he was constantly trying to generate scarcity on the primary market and collectors became turned off. Beanie Baby collectors and Ty Warner could still be thriving today if only he could have issued NFTs on the Elrond blockchain and each Beanie Baby, and he would have seen his biggest uh, as assets and not thieves and not have created so many lawsuits. Uh, NFTs on Elrond create a win-win for artists and on both the primary and secondary market. A whole new relationship um, with their fans is possible now. Yeah, I think with Holorite, um, these guys are, are leading by example. And I think with convincing Holorite to build on Elrond, of course, they were looking at other solutions as well. And everything had to be discussed with uh, Audi and other partners that are supporting the project. And um, they they are on the right path. And we were talking about all these arguments, royalties for the creators and low transaction fees, the linear scalability of the Elrond blockchain. All these, all these things convinced them to build on Elrond. And um, even now they are leading, leading this by example in terms of growth. I mean, the listing on the Maya exchange was phenomenal. <laughs> I think everybody remembers that. Um, but the good thing with Holoride is they they have a huge network of partners. And it's not only in the automotive market, it's also in the entertainment industry, in the gaming industry. And if you imagine that these partners are working with Holoride, building things that at the end of the day 
will land on the Elrond blockchain. This is incredible. Somebody cannot think of what this will actually mean to valuation at the end of the day. But same as with Elrond, it's sometimes hard for the community to understand because there are so many puzzle pieces. And if you don't zoom out, you can't see the whole picture. And we see those individual pieces on the Elrond side, for example, with TwistPay, with Utrust, with many other partners. We're talking about connectivity to the banking system. We're talking about e-money license. We're talking about Maya credit card and so on. And on top of that, we have partners, projects like Holoride with a huge network of partners in the industry and they are all building on this technology and that's that's amazing it's it's amazing to be part of that journey um maybe we should briefly touch on the holoride listing which you've already mentioned um ever since the listing there's been an ongoing discussion about limiting bots uh, making sure that individuals have a certain limit that they can buy in What's your personal opinion on this? Should there be some sort of regulation on Elrond's side for the next token listings or should it be a free market? Maybe Wolfgang, let's start with you. Thank you. Well, we've, we've seen that. Uh, we've seen what happened and I've told a lot of people that they have to be careful because at the end of the day, if you're the user, clicking with your mouse in the user interface, you've actually already lost because you don't know your enemy. Yeah. And your enemy is the guy that is able to build tools, write scripts, have bots, have the, has the know-how of how things work on the Elrond blockchain. And we've seen that the, the network has been flooded with transactions and blocks were filled with data and we had congestion there and yeah that's that's how it works but it's decentralized and how can you how can you regulate that that's a very good question i mean right now there is no governments yet on the network we are all waiting for phase four there will definitely be some improvements in the coming month but um, as we all know, Elrond, it's all about the community. And we've seen what, what they have done. I mean, those guys have been, have been tracked. It's public information. We know who was scripting there using bots and, and doing all that stuff that ended up in pumping and at the end of the day, dumping the price. That is something that happens on every blockchain at every listing and you can only get yourself prepared for this. I mean, it's about liquidity. It's about know-how, how to use the different tools and so on. But our job and uh, the Crest Twins are also doing this on a daily basis. It's all about education. We are here to, to inform the community about the technology and tell them what is possible and um, yeah, it's it's quite hard to advise every single person and it's their money, it's their action and it's their responsibility at the end of the day. We are here to support 
the Elrond Warriors are there to support. A lot of projects out there, partners of Elrond are there to support. But you cannot save everyone at the end of the day. Michael, what's your take on that? Yeah, so for me, the ride listing was an experience and obviously a learning one for everybody. It was also another confirmation of how the Elrond team puts the user first and will go above and beyond to try to make sure things are right. There is no such, or there was so much excitement around Ride and how they were providing a platform for creators and artists in really a, an agnostic way. Um, I know, of course, Audi is the first brand, but there's going to be, you know, they're not tied to a particular car brand. It's going to be possibly integrated into, you know, all car manufacturers to create a truly unique experience and share in that value creation and unique experiences. So for me, I'm continuously looking at innovating in ways that Elrond can provide value sharing in a way that's fair for all users. And to me, you do this by continuously observing incentive structures and making sure users that have a medium and long-term mindset get the largest benefit and rewards. The listing process had such a high level of demand and it was a very low market cap. I don't think blocking bots is the solution. Uh, solving the incentive structure so that users with a short-term mindset don't get to capitalize in such an easily easy way is key. And for me, if you imagine the users that bought millions of those tokens and had to hold them for a certain period of time, would they have done the same if they were, you know, had to hold them longer? And it's unlikely that they would take that same level of risk um, because their incentive was, you know, they buy them, make a quick buck and immediately sell them. Um, but at the end of the day, as Wolfgang was touching upon, the main thing that we have to do is continue to empower everybody with education and tools so that they can make the best decision. You don't want people protecting you. You want people to empower you through education so that you can become self-sufficient and you know make the best decision for you and have all those factors. I think for a lot of people, this was a new experience because you're intermixing financial markets and a blockchain technology, but it's decentralized. And if you understand all the pieces at play, you can make the best decision and ultimately people will be... Uh, much happier with the experience. Moving on to what I think will be the uh, the next big thing for the My Exchange and certainly the Iron Network, uh, the meter bonding is about to go live on the DEX. Um, Michael, what are your expectations for this new way of onboarding crypto startups? Yeah, when I look at it, crypto to me is software plus communities, and meta bonding is a brilliant way for the incredibly strong community of Elrond to be part of Web3 projects building on Elrond. It is truly a win-win for both the project and the community. Value sharing is this way, in this way has not been done on any other network that I'm aware of, and it truly supercharges the growth of the projects by aligning interests. The world has seen how valuable proprietary software can become. Crypto is unique in that it is open source and community plays a very critical role in the adoption and future value of the software and project. Or building a community is such a critical part 
of a successful Web3 project being successful. It's not just any community, though. You want a community that shares in values that will help your project thrive. Elrond has been instilling these values since the beginning. For projects to be able to be part of the community, not only does it supercharge the project, it sets the standard of core values and principles practiced by Elrond for every project to follow. Metabonding not only adds utility to Max and Locked Max, and in this case, it, it is Locked Max, um, but there is now a feature on the exchange, you can turn your Max into Locked Max. It also adds a lot of utility for those securing the network through eGold staking. Yeah, uh, I think with, with Metabonding starting off now, um, it's going to be super interesting for the next couple of months. This is just, Another add-on to the to the Maya exchange. We we have Meta staking already with Polarite, and it's about adding liquidity to the Maya exchange. And uh, there are options also to uh, create liquidity pools. And now having the Meta bonding program um, as an opportunity, not only for smaller projects to join join the yeah, join the probably strongest community in the crypto space because I believe that's what we have at Elrond. Um, I think with the MetaBonding program, both the long-term holders and also the, the DeFi experts that are going to use all the mechanics that we have on the Maya exchange will um, have a lot of profit on this one. It's um, now starting off with uh, four projects. And I think in the first 12 hours, uh, more than $100 million have been put on the MetaBonding um, smart contract already. I can tell you from my personal experience, since uh, we at the story, we're a project developer. Yeah, we are incubating projects uh, such as Polaroid. We have a few more that we are supporting and advising. And of course, metabonding is a topic we are discussing more or less on a daily basis. And having projects in the metabonding program or bringing them to the metabonding program has lots of advantages. It's not only about the, the listing on the Maya exchange. Um, in addition to that, uh, it's also the listing in the Maya app. So for your smartphone in the Maya app, um, the MetaBonding partners are getting listed there directly, meaning they have access to fiat on-ramps. So via the existing uh, payment processors in the Maya app, everybody is able to buy the ESDT of the MetaBonding project directly. And as I said in the beginning, um, the community is key. And we have the strongest community at Elrond in the whole blockchain space, in my opinion. And uh, that's through Elrond, uh, what we've built in the last uh, couple of years, very strong partners that are supporting this. And um, yeah, Michael, you and your brother, you're also doing a great job here by educating communities. So I think that's, that's one of the biggest advantages that we have at Elrond and by delivering more and more applications and providing opportunities to the community, that's key for success. Did you enjoy part one? Then make sure to listen in next week for part two of the interview with Michael Kress.